Hello and welcome back to Movies On My Mind. I am going to be kind of unpicking and thinking about the ideas that are within the third Harry Potter instalment of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, which is really random. I know, I just had a feeling to do this one, so... Also, I want to just apologise for the weird computer noises that are all the way through this podcast. I'm so sorry. Literally, I don't know why that is happening. Uh, As you know, computers, if you don't know already, computers hate me. We don't have a very great relationship. Also, it sounds like I'm whispering for the entirety of this. And that's because I recorded this uh, later at night and my sister was in the other room and I you can probably hear my dog there um I was a little bit embarrassed to be honest with you I should not be embarrassed but I was so that's why it sounds like I'm whispering for like all of this don't forget to follow my Instagram page movies on my mind pod where every Sunday so I'm basically uploading every Tuesday now hopefully I'm going to keep that as a, a thing that I do uh, but every sun, uh, every Saturday or Sunday, like the weekend before, I'm going to announce the film that I'm going to be doing on the next Tuesday. So you can get exclusive episode details if you follow my podcast on Instagram. Just putting that one out there. You don't have to if you don't want to, but please do because I need more followers. In other news too, uh, I actually have some Harry Potter related news for you. I don't often have a news update that is Harry Potter themed, but I do have one today. Sorry, my dog is literally like right here. Anyway, the Harry Potter related news is this. Basically, I went um, went away last week and we went to like Wales and I was like, you know what? We've never been to Dobby's actual real life grave. And I was like, you know what, let's just go. Let's just go. You know, we don't have to do this whole show. Let's just go off to this Harry Potter landmark site. So it's in the beach where, um, oh, spoiler alert, I'm going to ruin the entire... Oh, I just ruined it anyway. Um, Okay, spoiler alert, Dobby dies, if you didn't already know. (laughs) I mean, this came out ages ago and it's like basically... Anyway, anyway... (laughs) We decided that for the lols, we were just going to go to Dobby's grave. And it is literally the biggest pile of stones I've ever seen. And they've all got, like, people have, like, written messages for him. It's pretty it's pretty intense. And also, there's, like, there was supposed to be a cross on the top. And I was like, oh, that's so cute, you know? Uh, really respectful. However, that cross has now fallen over because people have put so many socks on it. And I was just like oh my god, that's insane, I want to see the cross, because otherwise it just looks like a pile of rubbish on the floor, but anyway, I, I got down there, there was people, there's always people around the grave try, taking pictures and stuff like that on the beach, and I was like, this is so embarrassing, I just don't want to go and be like, oh my god, it's Dobby's grave, so I was just really awkward about it all, and um, there was this, I was kind of standing a bit of, standing a bit aback, because I was like, I don't want to like, go and make it a big deal that I've just gone and seen Dobby's grave um but then 
and and I was talking to my sister. We were talking not that loud, but we were like, "Oh, where's the cross?" Like as a joke, like, "Where's the cross?" And then this girl who must have been about how old was she? Like twelve, just looked at us and went, "The cross has fallen over because people have put so many socks on it." And I just stood there like, "Mm-hmm, okay." cool, you didn't have to intervene there, uh, but anyway, that made me then run away from the grave, because someone who wasn't me knew I was there, I don't know why it's embarrassing, but I found it embarrassing, um, it shouldn't be embarrassing to go to Dobby's grave, but somehow I did find it that way, but yeah, there's people taking pictures all the time, uh, but I went there, so that is my Harry Potter themed news, it, it does look a little different in the sunshine, to when, because it's like the scene in like one of the last films uh, and it's like really bleak and cloudy and everything and it was very sunny when I went so it's a different vibe completely. Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban is our next film. It is directed by Alfonso Coran who has done loads of stuff. Gravity, Roma, so many other things but one thing I really love about him is his visual style. Now, the reason I've picked the third Harry Potter film instead of any of the others first, I actually am a really big fan of Harry Potter and I'm not embarrassed. I'm not that big of a fan, but I've read all the books and I've seen all the films multiple times and yeah, I think a lot of people have seen Harry Potter. It's quite a mainstream thing. I do appreciate it, so I wanted to do definitely at least one Harry Potter film on here. However, I've had a calling to do this one first. Will I do any of the others? I don't know, but definitely this one is happening. And the reason I've picked this one is because it is very different to the two that came before it, so it was the third one. Oh, didn't say the year. God's sake. Oh my god. Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban came out in 2004. It is the third movie out of the eight that ended up coming out and I really like this one because it is quite dark, there are dark themes in it that weren't in the first two movies so I really like that. Now, okay, so where are we going to start? I Visually I really like this film and that's my first point. So for me, this is controversial, but I only start appreciating this film when it gets past, when, he's, when he already gets to Hogwarts. I don't really count the beginning so much for me, for me. So the whole night bus thing, the whole Aunt Petrina being blown up thing, it is deleted from my mind, which is really horrible to say. For me, it really starts kicking off and I start to actually watch it when he's at Hogwarts. So sorry about that. But one thing that really stood out to me when I watched this film is the kind of like gothic German expressionist influences that I see everywhere in this film that I really love. We can see it when, because he goes to like the leaky cauldron before he goes. Oh my god, I haven't even done a summary. Okay, so here is going to be a brief summary of what happens in the third Harry Potter film, if you haven't already seen it. So, the third film of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban goes like this. Basically, Harry Potter, if you don't know Harry Potter is, I don't even want to explain, but basically, he is not happy in the third film. He's a bit sad, uh, not being appreciated by the people he lives with. No one really cares. Anyway, let's... It starts going down. 
when he kind of gets to Hogwarts. So basically, there's apparently this murderer on the loose who is called Sirius Black. And people are like, oh my god, crazy, he's on the loose. People are really scared and whatever. So that kind of overshadows the whole what happens is this Sirius Black being on the loose. So everyone's kind of in a bit of fear. There's a lot of unknown stuff happening. But they've got to continue living and working in the same way. So they're still going to school or whatever. And basically things keep happening so maybe harry might see something um there'll be a prediction there'll be just not good vibes going on there are these dementors around the school which are like prison guards prison mike in the office knows all about dementors so if you really need to know what they are go and ask him but they (laughs) not an office reference anyway ask michael scott because he knows so They've got the Dementors looking at around the school. Harry's scared of them. Absolutely petrified of them. He faints every time he thinks about one. But anyway, they're like protecting the school or whatnot. And uh, they start, you know, messing with everything. They're not, okay. They're not doing anything wrong. Let's just forget about them for now. So they continue their life in the same way. And then the big kind of event is Sirius Black is apparently really near. And they're like, oh my god, so scared, so scared. He's moving, he's near us, what's he going to do? And Harry finds out that Sirius Black is his godparent, who he didn't know. So he's like, oh my god, is he going to come and kill me? Because he believes that the reason his parents were killed was because of him. False rumours, false rumours. But, so he gets really upset and a bit scared. And basically one thing leads to another. And there is a showdown at the end where he follows his... Defense Against the Dark arts teacher, who he recently... Oh, God, this is so complicated. Anyway, there's a showdown. He's introduced to his godparent, and it's found out that it's actually Ron's pet rat, who is Peter Pettigrew, who was the betrayer person, not Sirius Black. And then there's, like, a big showdown that's really very complicated. Anyway, it ends happily. It ends... That's all I can tell you. It ends happily. And... They have a beautiful relationship with his godparent and he's, uh, what's the word, pardoned. So it's known that he didn't do that. And it was actually the guy who disguises himself as Rat who did it. Yeah, there's a lot of unease in the film, definitely. Because when you talk about the big villain, well, this is so mad that I'm explaining Harry Potter. I wouldn't think this is what I would be doing today. Big villain Voldemort, he is... He's on the rise. He's on the rise. He's coming back. We don't know when he's coming back, but this movie definitely points us in the direction that he is. And we've got to be ready for it. So that's basically my summary. That was a very bad one. My worst. So if you haven't seen Harry Potter and I've just ruined it, you're welcome. I'm sorry. But basically, that's this kind of summary thing that goes on. There's also a time element as well, which is going to be important because I'm talking about it. There's a time element added in as well. There is so much in this movie. There is so much in the book. It's everywhere. And I don't think this movie would make sense without people reading the book or without people knowing it in the context of all of the films basically um hermione has like a what's it called a time turner time turner time turner (laughs) what are they called anyway she has like a little thing that like can take you back in time can you can use time to your advantage that's a little element that's put in at the end to kind of change the outcome of events to make it positive so as i said we're only going to begin this film from when they get to the leaky cauldron because I don't like to think about the beginning. 
it's not my favourite beginning, unpopular opinion. So, we already kind of have an idea anyway that something not good is going on. We've got like the whole night bus thing, and then there's also like that dog that he sees that is a recurring symbol. And so we kind of know it's bad. There's a lot of darkness, which is probably, again, it's one of the darker films, I think, because you go from the first two that, of course, they're dark, but visually as well you're plunged into this and it really reflects like the age of the characters because they're around 13 here so they're kind of getting older and they're kind of thinking more emotionally and just in a more complex way and their relationships with each other change as well as their relationships with family and other adults so let's talk about the leaky cauldron so i love is so like gothic so dark so like wonky as well and i definitely get the impression that it's kind of influenced from like German Expressionism. Now, German Expressionism was like an art movement after the First World War in Germany. So it's like an art movement and it focuses on like really obscure, like weird lines, uh, points. It's very dark. There's a lot of the word chiaroscuro is used in the movement, which means like darkness being contrasted directly with light to create an effect. So there's a lot of black and a lot of white. And of course, like in terms of film, the films would have been in black and white as well. So that's like even more accentuated. There's a lot of like triangles, angles, just things like that. It's very like out of this world, very harsh. And it really is like, it was the beginning in terms of film is the beginning of like film noir and horror as genres. I really love German expressionism and the film that I'm gonna like for me, that it directly, the pinnacle of that movement film is The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, Robert Vine. Oh, so long ago, in 1920. Anyway, it was that long ago, like a hundred years ago this film came out, and it is full of, like, points. Like, I just can't explain, you'd have to see it if you want to see it. It's really interesting. Anyway, for me, I see a lot of that in this film. So, the, I'm going to talk to us about a specific scene but when harry's kind of brought up to like the office an office like a room in the in the hotel with the like prime minister guy in there and he's talking to him and the room's like like a triangle and me watching it directly relates it to a scene within the cabinet of dr caligari in which there's a prisoner man and there's like really tall pointy lines as if he's like stuck in this prison actually i'm just thinking if i remember correctly which I probably don't. But the guy in that was actually falsely accused of doing what he did. And for me, if that's true, he was falsely accused of the crimes he didn't commit because somebody else did. It was a long story, I'm not going to explain. But he was falsely accused but put into prison. And that directly correlates to the fact that this movie is about Sirius Black and how he was falsely accused and imprisoned. So that's actually a nice link that I just came up with that may be wrong but anyway there's definitely that scene that as soon as I saw it I thought way back to that hundred year old movie in which very very similar scene okay so there's also a lot of those pointed lines a lot of darkness within dark and light so low-key lighting is everywhere we have like places like the shrieking shack which is like a haunted building we have they introduced this new new architecture to hogwarts as well like there's this bridge it's so beautiful i think it's a real bridge as well like it's, it's actually real don't quote me again 
<laughs> but it's like it's like a bridge and it's got like it's kind of gothic in the way that you know how gothic arches are like pointed very very similar it's quite a wonky bridge too it's not exactly straight because it's been like obviously not made with machines that i really like as well links to horror as well because we're introduced for like the first time in the series to things like obviously murderers on the loose which is quite a scary concept also, that subject matter does link directly to The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, which is what that movie is about. And also, illusion and magic relate to that as well. There's very strong links between the two. And we've got a werewolf. Werewolves, things like that. Animals, kind of creepy creatures, crows. We have, like, the hippogriff and also how that was going to be executed. So we have, like, a executioner man. Just things like that that come from horror horror films and more like dark stuff that's being put into this kid's story which is really interesting but i also like to think that the horror elements we're like shown them we're shown them quite obviously because it would link to the fact that this movie is also all about miscommunication misunderstanding people not getting the right message but the wrong message being kind of turned into a story turn like when the lie just gets out of hand very much like in, I've did it in, in, talked about it in Easy A, the fact that one, one part of the story can get passed around and edited and it just, it just gets crazier and crazier basically and that's what happens in this movie. I'm not gonna, I didn't say this enough at the start, but I'm not gonna try and directly link it to the whole series as a whole, only because I want to see it as a standalone film and the messages that this film has on its own rather than how it fits in the series so i try not i won't compare it to necessarily the other films that come after or i won't comment on how it's maybe not as good or just any issues in terms of like the harry potter story storyline the harry potter universe i will try not to directly put it with that so obviously if you haven't seen any of harry potter not read any of it that's totally fine because i'm just diving into this and what's in here. Next, links quite nicely to the idea of fear. Fear is a massive part in this film, which wasn't in the others, I don't think, as much. I mean, the other two that came before it. Try not to compare them all, but fear is a massive part because we've got those creatures, we've got those, like, like a werewolf, a murderer, all these, like, scary things that we don't know. But we also have, like, the prison element that is entrapment. We have, like, the dementors that are wafting around outside, and then we've got, like, there's a sequence in which the school decide to like shut down so like we see the doors being bolted there's a lot of like claustrophobic small spaces a lot of the buildings are quite old quite stuffy quite small and there's that the sense of claustrophobia as well as entrapment as well there's like when they go to hogwarts there's that one carriage the one compartment that they have to go in because the rest are full like just that kind of a real sense of claustrophobia and being being trapped and being scared by that i think it really does increase the sense of fear as well as that we also have isolation so what i love about this film is they filmed it in glencoe in scotland which is like bleak beautiful mountainous landscape but it gives a major feeling of isolation because after all this school this magical school is in the middle of nowhere so even if you know if that murderer was in the building if that murderer got there, everyone's there too. He can't just so easily escape. And if he's, you know, if he's in that building, then you can't escape either. Like, it's all or nothing. 
we have a lot of darkness as well so in terms of the lot of negative space in shots there's also a bit where like harry's in a corridor and it's pitch black it's just him so there's a real sense of darkness we see literally and then also we see darker sides of characters that we didn't already see before i will talk about harry potter in this because this film's about him we see his emotional journey 100 percent in this and if there's a darkness in that which hasn't been explored yet for us he's kind of at the age where you know he's going to be thinking about things in a different way he's not just a kid he's been through things which kind of adds a nice depth to his character but it does mean only the only problem with this movie is because there's so much going on and so many different characters it's really difficult to kind of spread the emotional journey out so it becomes like kind of like a plotted movie which of course it is because it's based on the book and it is a a, like a puzzle piece and a larger puzzle i think in a way it was probably better if you just focused on that one character's journey because it so it's so difficult to do it well you know trying to focus on everybody else that's the only thing with this is that his like other friends like ron and hermione and even teachers different like dumbledore maybe and like just the others we don't really see them as much as maybe we would in the others and they're kind of just there for a little bit i mean it's not a massive deal for me we also get that sense of like maybe ptsd coming for harry <laughs> he very much develops that fear of a dementor we've never i don't think we would have ever seen him in a vulnerable place like that before as well in the others he's very much seen vulnerably in this film and we seem very emotional and i think that's really important for your protagonist of like a major series and also just of a film to see them very vulnerable and see them you know maybe they won't make it maybe they can't do this which is 100% the journey that he goes on which leads nicely onto the theme of identity and it being very very important in this so identity also links to the fear in the fact that it is identity which overcomes that fear so basically when harry is scared of these dementors it's like his biggest fear in the world and he feels like he can't do anything he's completely powerless to that feeling and every time he's just terrified and throughout this film he learns about community so he learns about his family his past the things he didn't know before kind of feeling like you belong is another thing in this film too and that's kind of the message it's like being part of something makes can empower you to overcome your fears and believing in yourself as well is a massive a massive thing and i think it's really important like really it was really emotive when basically there's these things if you don't know harry potter (laughs) there's like these things called patronuses that are there are these like to defeat a dementor which represents like a bad feeling a horrible feeling like a depression uh in order to get over that or to like overpower that you kind of conjure this spell in which like you think about your happiest memories you think about where you are your happiest and some part of you like comes out and just defeats it and harry doesn't believe he can do that and we see him struggle to do that until the end in which the last second before he's going to give up he's saved and he believes that in that moment that he was saved by (laughs) this is why it gets complicated he believes he was saved by his dead father because he had nothing to believe in and all of a sudden out of nowhere this light came and he believed that was his father like a spirit from beyond the grave i don't know again that would 
That would totally work with the themes we're going with here anyway. However, it's later found out that that wasn't his father, that was actually his future self. <laughs> God, it's, inc it's incredibly confusing. When we add in that time element, they go back in time to kind of fix the events of what had happened, and he was the one that actually saved himself, which is a really nice metaphor in which if you believe in yourself, if you believe fully that you can be loved, that you can achieve all these things, if you can be happy and you believe that within yourself, then that's all you need. I think for the whole time he was kind of waiting to maybe it's someone else's turn to save him instead of him saving people. When actually, you know, finding out who your godparent is, knowing that you belong somewhere, feeling part of a family isn't necessarily what is going to make you feel happy for the longest at the end of the day. It's, it's about your belief within yourself and if you accept yourself as you are now then even when you have all those things that you really dreamed of you will then still accept yourself like that's the main that's the baseline and we see that in this and that's why identity becomes really important um the identity can also was also discussed in discussed they had a long discussion in this film about identity and within it they discussed that they kind of explore how your characteristics your actions the things that you do how that would define you and we we see that very clearly in Sirius Black in the fact that he's been falsely imprisoned for things he didn't do or nearly did or maybe did do you know we don't know until the end what actually happened and it's strange because we are introduced to him as that crazy lunatic off the rails prisoner guy when actually at the end he was just innocent and the film does kind of begin to discuss how your actions and what you do and how people see you can affect your own identity and Harry really suffers with the fact that maybe his godparent is a murderer. How does that make him feel? And that's a very complex thing to think about when you're 13. Um, and how other people defining people makes you see them differently. Yeah, so I put it like how the past can shape your identity or maybe doesn't shape your identity, how identity can be changed, just things like this. And then, again, another big theme is the feeling of, the feeling of being lost emotionally. The feeling of being lost emotionally is in this film too, and my favourite scene from this film is when basically they all decided to parade down to the village called Hogsmeade and have some good times. But you can't go unless you have parental permission. And Harry does not have any parents. Well, he didn't have a guardian to sign for him. So in that in that way, he wasn't allowed to go. And he just stands, like there's this archway. He stood in the middle of that archway and the camera just goes back and he looks really, really small. And then... I think that's where we have an iris. I'm not going to talk about irises. I should have talked about it before, but I didn't. So irises in film is like what they used to do in the olden days, where the camera lens would just close. So it's when like there's like a little circle and then the rest is in black and then the circle will widen and you can see the whole shot or you see the whole shot and it does the reverse and it goes in and we're just left with that circle that closes like an eye, basically. And... Ahazelcran uses these quite a few times in this film and I was like why? 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 Why would you do that? And I was trying to work out why you would do that <laughs> and I think emotionally it lets us pause for a second there. They're 
typically kind of used, like maybe you might see them in cartoons, old cartoons, like at the end of a movie, at the end of something. So I don't know, in a way they may be used as time keeping devices in which sections of the film are ending and then next are opening. Or as well, uh, you can put pause on maybe more emotional moments for a bit longer when you have that focus because it makes you focus on it visually but also the act of pausing on a moment the act of being still and focusing on one thing directly links to time and that is again a big theme in this movie is time so it links to the whole idea and metaphorical reasoning of that if you could go that far okay so we talked about um the feeling of being lost emotionally and that's definitely a big big emotion I get from this and the fact that it's only yourself who can pull you out of that nothing around you in your external environment can maybe it can aid you but it can't physically just go you are now found you are now happy you have to do that to yourself and that is definitely the journey that goes on in this film okay so now I'm going to talk about time now time is kind of an element that's seen all the way through and I really like the use of time here but it's quite confusing it doesn't quite make sense and it's again it is used all the way through so we have like if we're going to talk about the night bus it you know it goes really fast time feels slower when it's going really fast there's a lot of pacing here there's a lot of and as well in terms of the whole film there's a lot of fast shots there's a quite a motif of a bird kind of whizzing around again pace and being fast being slow i don't quite know what the bird means like i was thinking about what the bird could mean and i still don't have a nice answer well i don't have an answer at all really i don't know i don't know i mean it could mean like you know emotional fulfillment curiosity just travel travel is definitely just something that comes to my head traveling time again could just be that basically the whole time element of the film really comes to play in at the end in which hermione has a time turner and at the end basically the outcome that they get at the end is not the outcome that they want but it's okay because hermione has this time turner so basically they go back in time and they fix the mistakes of the first time by helping themselves so they don't physically change anything they just add to the experience and by the end everything ends happily and they ended up with the right outcome but that was only because they were able to go back in time and fix it which is interesting because that whole thing says that the first time around they got it wrong <laughs> but one thing it does really point to and we needed kind of at the end of this film was the cooperation of people working together so the only time that they end up working together properly as a team is after all of this has happened and when they go back to kind of like fix the events of the night before oh no i think it's the same night it's very very crazy anyway i i've said here as well time is quite moldable in this film so we're again with the pacing with everything that happens in this film and especially the ending where they go back and fix things it does show time as being moldable and how it can be changed to help yourself but it's kind of like 
weird because in real life you wouldn't have that opportunity. Obviously, I know this is a magical film, but you wouldn't have the opportunity to go back and kind of fix your mistakes. But I think emotionally, in terms of the position in which Harry was in before he went and fixed the mistakes, is in after. After he's kind of forced into a sense of believing that things can happen the way he wants them to. Whereas the first time he had zero, well, he's pretty self-centered, if I say so myself, is Harry Potter. But he's kind of like in a dip. He's not believing anything can, anything's going to work out. He's confused. He kind of, his morals are kind of broken down a bit. He doesn't really know what's right and what's wrong. And when he goes back to change all of that, he kind of is forced into put into a position in which Hermione kind of acts as that moral high ground, that moral discipline going, you've got to work out what you want, like, what, we've got something to do here, you can't just, you can't just mope, (laughs) you've got to do something about it, and it's kind of sad in the way that the only time that he, that, you know, that happened was when he had to go and change the past, like, it was not a realistic situation. And it just shows that maybe if you believe in yourself and you kind of stick to your guns a bit, you will end up having a better outcome than if you got carried away with yourself. If you were over... Again, it's a bad message like if you're overly emotional, but is is weird. Because he, he does jump to conclusions. He's very naive. He's very gullible in that first sequence. But when he's that sequence is returned, he's returned with knowledge. And again, this f- film is about the gaining of knowledge and how that can affect you and that how that can shape your identity, how that can influence how you act, how that can influence how you speak to people, how you have relationships with people is completely changed once you have that knowledge. And again, in terms of the age of these characters, they're like 13. So this is like the period of their life in which they're going to gain knowledge and they're going to see the world differently through that knowledge. And that is kind of what the ending is kind of saying with the whole go back in time thing. I like it. I love a bit of mind craziness, but it's a bit confusing. <laughs> I will say that is confusing, um, but I like it. It's very dark. It's quite it's quite a dark thing as well in terms of the whole revisiting trauma. I don't know. But at the end, like when Harry saves himself, he doesn't originally, that's not his instinct to do that. He has to think and go, wait, I've got to do that now. Whereas the Harry before was quite innocent and naive in the fact that he thought it was his dad. He didn't even believe he had it in him. And again, shows you what experience can give you. And also that self-confidence and that belief and how that can aid you in your in your missions and in your quests and that kind of thing. Okay, so is there anything else I would like to talk about? Yeah, there's something I just wanted to add to the other points that I said before about how, about the fear element of this film in the darkness. So basically, this character of the Grim is a motif that is used throughout. It's like a pointer to be like, something's not right here, but what isn't right? And it's kind of a bit like, don't jump to conclusions because it's, you'll probably jump to the wrong one. Again, jumping to the wrong conclusion would release your worst fear. So again, relates to the whole fear concept. But the Grim actually represents, yes, it represents maybe death, maybe renewal. 
in that way may be darkness but it certainly does not relate to what the characters believe it relates to i really like that because that shows that your imagination is what's going to give you the worst outcome it doesn't mean that that's true like they all believe that oh my god he's serious black is a murderer he's going to come and get us he's going to come and kill us the grim the grim oh my god when actually he's like serious black is some sort of like guy who can turn to animals as well so you know it's pointing to him like it's representing him also but not in a negative thing so it's kind of comforting in that way i guess that maybe the worst outcome is literally the worst outcome that won't come true like it won't because that's your imagination it's going to be worse your imagination can't comprehend that this is going to be okay and it just shows how fear is rife in this film fear 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 not good but it does all of that without actually scaring you like it's not a scary film at all this is like a pg this is family film but what's really good is that kind of atmosphere of fear is more realistic because in real life there won't be that crazy outward in your face fear it, it will be that subtle beneath the surface everything you do you do on tiptoes like it's you're scared but you're scared in a controllable way and that is again all over here this film okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna do an acting appreciation for harry potter it's a little it's a little bit different i guess than normal standalone films because these are returning actors and it's such like a massive thing that it feels weird to do this but anyway my acting appreciation again just a side note i really do like harry potter i'm not gonna be embarrassed for that and i think that as a whole is very well casted like i have no issues for me everything works yeah it might not always be completely loyal to the books but i can't even remember when i read them i read them that long ago that now i have forgotten and in the book's place is the movies so you know what i'm happy <laughs> but kind of in this movie we do have some new characters that are added for us obviously we have our harry ron and hermione and i'm not going to comment too much on them because again they're like returning i'm gonna kind of focus on maybe the new characters that we get in this film so we've introduced to quite a lot and that's quite hard to be introduced to so many in a short space of time so the first guy we're kind of introduced to is professor lupin played by david thulis who is amazing i love him and i think i i do like him as i don't have any issues he's ca like it's canon in my head now i just don't <laughs> it's just the way it is it's just the bible but one thing i've noticed about him i've been watching him in a few things recently so he's in the sandman that that's what i've been watching recently and one thing i really commented about him was that i always i don't know like i he's always something off about him there's always something eerie about him in the back of my head i don't know whether that's me or that's everybody else maybe i'm insane he does make a really good villain which means that I've never really loved, I've never really like fully loved and embraced Professor Lupin because of that quality he has and I don't know what it is but I kind of think that works because Professor Lupin isn't exactly who he says he is. Side note, he's the werewolf so he's a little bit mysterious and I again throughout the whole series and throughout the books and whatever I don't think he's crazily developed so we never really see that other side of him. I don't know but anyway i kind of liked how he very much cemented himself within the whole 
kind of universe and the whole film as a whole he really did fit the film 100 percent. there's kind of that he's a little bit emo with like little long fringe you know he's a werewolf he's like you know giving twilight in a way a little bit emo a little bit mysterious and then we have of course Sirius black uh, who is played by gary oldman amazing i don't even know why i'm commenting on these like actual veterans but again they make a good job of us kind of not being able to work these characters out it's still a little bit mysterious about them we've never seen them vulnerable they're just new we know them through other people and there's that scene in the shrieking shack when we also get introduced to peter pettigrew who is played by timothy spall as well again these are like <sighs> so but the scene i rewatched the scene in the shrieking shack when they're all like messing around and like trying to fight and whatever and there's that whole misunderstanding going on and uh, alan brickman's in that too and i'm just like they're like that's <laughs> this scene's so good <laughs> like the way that they just it's just so authentic and the way that this kind of i always thought it was weird as a kid watching that because i don't know like not that there was anything wrong with it but it was such an adult problem like such an adult kind of thing there was so much nuance to it like you know who knows what story these people have lived their lives before you were even born this happened before you existed so you don't necessarily have a say in it but it's not your fault that you don't know the truth and that's the kind of the first time we're we're given that kind of experience and it's kind of again a big nod to say this this whole issue is bigger than you could ever imagine and it's kind of scary in that way. I think that that scene is quite scary because you're watching it through Harry's eyes and, you know, you're seeing it as a kid and you're seeing these adults fight over this thing you don't even know anything about. And it's like, and you don't know because no one's told you because you're a kid, you know? But that scene when they're just, like, shouting at each other and wafting the wands at each other and just all of that is just so, like, there's a feralness to it because there's that past history that you don't get with the kids and you don't you don't get with with a lot of the interactions that you see harry potter have you know this is the first time he's not known everything you know and it's not the first time but you know it's quite an intense environment to be thrown into you know these these adults who are supposed to be looking after you are now fighting like children and that's a scary position to be put into as a kid because they're the ones that are supposed to be protecting you and telling you things and reassuring you and you know for the first time here we're you know you're seen as you're clueless and small and yeah just that scene <laughs> yeah so who else we also have emma thompson as um professor trelawney as well i didn't even know it was her until a few years ago literally clueless but again very eccentric but again, perfectly fits into that kind of serious, kind of unsure future, that like eerie future that you don't know, but they might know. And, you know, them telling you your future is going to be death. It's quite eccentric, but we're so naive to the fact that we have to believe that because we've got no other information right now, apart from speculation that's not true. So again, uh, Emma Thompson just adds that eccentricity and that bigness to such a such a serious issue and such a dangerous rumor such dangerous rumors and such dangerous things being said you know why not add a fortune teller to the mix who is also your teacher who is supposed to trust she's not wrong she's not wrong though is she but anyway so i think i'll probably stop there i've been talking for ages about harry potter and the prisoner of azkaban so of course 
let me know any thoughts at all this is quite a random suggestion to do they'll keep being being more random i'll assure you but i really like this film i see it now with much more depth and you know we've all been harry here feeling lost feeling like you don't belong anywhere and feeling confused and not knowing the truth so it's quite sad in that way uh quite in depth for a kids film it's a book two guys book two anyway so i will leave it here so join me next time when i do more of this and yeah keep listening please (laughs) 